Finish this phrase. For you, anyway, Christmas wouldn't be Christmas without. Without what? What pops into your mind? What's the first thing that comes into your thoughts? Well, for most of us, we have something. And it just wouldn't be Christmas without that. Some, it's coming to a Christmas Eve service and worshiping and recognizing the holy night that Kimmy just sang about. It's falling on our knees, as Pastor Mark mentioned in his comments. It's the smell also of the season and the freshness of the pine needles and, and fresh baked goods. <laughs> Some of your stomach is already working for the next event after this. For some, it's filling the stockings with something unique that you would give to that one that uh, is represented by that. Uh, for others, it's homemade pies made by Aunt Marie Callender. <laughs> you know, that close family relationship. And for a few left, there is the traditional hand handing off of the fruitcake. Who will get it this year? And if we live long enough, it'll come back around. But for sure, it's opening gifts and it's opening surprises. For those of us that uh, remember our youth or, and those that are still there, it was really guessing, shaking the box sometimes, trying to find a hiding place that your parents thought would be absolutely protected from the snoopy minds of young children. Also, Christmas is a time when our nerves and the busyness seems to take over so much of our thoughts. A boy was writing a letter to God and he was wanting to reflect on his goodness so he could get some great presents. He kind of knows about the song, You Better Be Good, that the Santa folks sing. So he wrote down, I've been good for six months now. Thought about it a while and thought this letter's to God. I think I'll do a little editing. I've been good for three months now. Thought about it a little bit more. Decided to edit it just a little better. I've been good for two weeks. Thought about it a little bit longer. Crossed out the two weeks. He got up from the table where he was, and he went over to the little crib where the figurines were of Joseph and Mary and the baby Jesus. He picked up the figure of Mary. He went back to writing down his letter to God, and he started over again. Dear God, if you ever want to see your mother again, <laughs> Lindy and I took our granddaughters to uh, see A Christmas Carol this year, but that great classic by Charles Dickens, and 
And I've actually been thinking about this a while. Written in 1843, uh, and it was a statement. It was a, it was a, a published a piece to try to correct the social ills that were going on in London and in England at that time. Times were tough. There was a horrible depression that was going on. The weather was cold. There wasn't enough coal to go around to heat the furnaces. Children were simply a workforce in that day, and the wealthy industrialists gained from their efforts. The main character in the story is a fellow named Ebenezer Scrooge, familiar to all of us in the story and probably familiar to many of us and someone we might have met. An intimidating character. He lived to make money. He had no time for sentiments, any sort of sentiment, especially around Christmas time. And if he lived today, he would pass by the Salvation Army's kettle, and instead of putting money in the kettle like work to do, folding money, I might suggest, he wouldn't have done that. He'd have walked by and he'd have said, Bah humbug, with a scowl on his face. Well, one Christmas Eve, he re receives a terrifying wake-up call. He's visited by the spirit of his dead business partner, Jacob Marley. Marley was a miser. He was a mean old guy like Scrooge. And his punishment for being less than charitable in his life was that he was condemned to roam the face of the earth, tormented by the very things he neglected to value in life. He was desperate to give his old partner, Scrooge, a final chance, a chance to avoid the same fate as he. Marley warns that he's going to be visited by three ghosts, the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future. I want you to see a clip. It's just the trailer for the movie that's out now by Disney, but... I want you to listen carefully to the ghost and to the narrative. It's just a couple of minutes. Let's look together. What do you want with me? will be haunted by three spirits. I'd rather not. I am the ghost of Christmas past. Ah! Haunt me no longer! chance to get your life right this holiday season the ghosts of christmas past present <laughs> and future get away get away will give one man oh. 
that chance. <laughs> this November, Walt Disney Pictures and Image Movers Digital invite you to experience the classic tale like you've never seen it before in Disney Digital 3D and IMAX 3D. Well, did you catch it? Uh, did you get what the narrator was saying in that? Uh, he said this, what if you were given a second chance to get your life right? Prophetic words, powerful idea. And this holiday season, the ghost of Christmas past, present, and future. And then he said, will give one man a chance. I thought about that. Maybe, maybe it's me. Maybe I am the one that needs to take advantage of the message and, and recognize that I can be transformed afresh and anew this Christmas. The whole meaning behind the Christmas story is of a God who gives humanity a second chance. So let's take a moment and look at Christmas past. The ghost takes Scrooge to a schoolroom in Christmas past, and there the picture is of a lonely little boy sitting by a fire. His only companion is a book that he's reading. Scrooge remembers that that was who he was. He'd been rejected by his earthly father because his earthly father had blamed him for the death of his mother during his birth. He remembered his childhood pain, and he longed for the love of family, friends. He loved for community. I'm sure that most of us have a Christmas or two that we reflect upon that we'd rather forget. We all know that there are many people like Scrooge in our world today, and we also know that Many of them will be celebrating Christmas with no reflection of Christ, no giving of the infant coming to earth, no recognition of the life transformation that can occur to anyone because we all have a second chance. Christmas past for many brings to the surface too many rejections and feelings and memories. Yet Christmas is a time of hope and peace and joy and reconciliation, and we sing the carols of joy to the world. The Lord is come. But for many, they've yet to recognize that that's for each of us. The real Christmas, the real Christmas past, that is, 2,000 years ago, of course, brings us to gaze upon the first nativity scene the child born in Bethlehem, and living. If we really get it, then our past disappointments can be dispelled and we're filled with hope. Hope. Hope in the midst of any travail. Hope in the midst of any issue, any doctor's tests, any family need 
rejection, pain, any of those things. In the midst of that, there's hope. And that's what Jesus came to do. He was born the Savior. It's good news for all people. For the young, for the old, for the rich, the poor, for you and for me. His death and his resurrection wipes out the pain of our rejection, of our sorrow, and of our hurts. This baby brings us hope. One of the most familiar verses in all of Scripture, and probably known by more people than maybe any other, other than that short one, Jesus wept. But John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave, thus the gift, his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, not be rejected, not be alone, not be in spiritual need, but will have everlasting, eternal, continuing kingdom life. What a great gift. That's what Jesus came to bring. So the promise of a true Christmas past is the hope that God's gift for us will give us a second chance. Well, then there's the ghost of Christmas present. It's obvious that Scrooge is a product of his own past. And many of us would reflect that our present Christmas, our Christmas present, would be a reflection of our Christmas past. But in this visit, the ghost of Christmas present and gives Scrooge a chance to see what his life might truly be in the here and now. He takes him to the home of Bob Cratchit. Bob worked for Mr. Scrooge, and Scrooge was such a Scrooge, she wouldn't even let him off early on Christmas Eve. Complained about him losing a day's work on Christmas. Hmm. Scrooge. But despite Bob Cratchit's poverty, despite his pain and suffering, and the fact that they didn't even have enough to eat, despite all of that, during the scene, when they're having their family Christmas meal together with the meager amount of food that they had, Bob Cratchit offers a toast to his boss. Bless Mr. Scrooge. Scrooge is watching all of this through the spirit of presence. The ghost of Christmas present shows him exactly what he'd become, the hard, calloused heart of a man who dismisses the impoverished, who does not care for the poor, who would not reach down to help a helpless one. He discovers that the things he thought were success, that's money and power and social status, they'd led him far beyond, far beyond a point of redemption. Scrooge was seeing himself as one who could not be changed in Christmas present. But the Spirit shows that others still loved him and had not given up on him, and it was a strong message to him. That's the promise of Christmas present. Christmas reminds us that no matter how selfish or greedy or rebellious that we are, that God's love never, never gives up on any of us. He's the God of the second chance. And that's what Christmas is. It's an opportunity for us to recognize that it's not the stuff we have. It's the relationship with our Creator that matters. And 
One came, born in the humblest of conditions. Oh, Scrooge wouldn't have given him a thought. And then there's the ghost of Christmas future. This is that spirit of Christmas that comes into Scrooge's life, and, and the ghost of Christmas future doesn't say a word, just points and shows him what it might be like. He shows him the Cratchit family in the future. They're sad for little tiny Tim died because he lacked any kind of medical care. The family was still in poverty, and Scrooge was looking into that in the future. Then the spirit takes Scrooge to visit the house of a man who died in his sleep, and, and the maids were dividing up his, his earthly possessions, and they were arguing about it and taking things before the undertaker would come. But who is this man, he asks. Who would be like that? And the spirit leads him to a grave with a headstone bearing the name Ebenezer Scrooge. Each of us has a physical birth and a date. And each of us will have a second date at the end of the dash. But only now can we impact our lives and be transformed. Scrooge, in that moment, he sees himself and he sees that his Christmas future is not yet written and that he can change and he still can make a difference during the dash of his life. The good news for us today is that whatever our past, because the first Christmas was when God was born, we have a future of promise. We also know that the promise is that one day Christ will come again, this time not as an infant, but in his power and in his glory. First Thessalonians, four chapters, in the 16, 17 verses in there, the message kind of gives it this way. It says, you can tell with complete confidence that we have the master's word on it, that when the master comes again to get us, those of us who are still alive will not get a jump on the dead. We won't leave them behind. In actual fact, he says, they'll be ahead of us. The master himself will give the command, charge, thunder, God's trumpet blasts. He'll come down from heaven and the dead in Christ will rise. So let me bring this together. At the heart of the Christmas carol lies something very dramatic. Scrooge is transformed. Scrooge is changed. And it's the story of a man haunted by his past with a view into his present and a future that had no hope. In the midst of that, this man is transformed because he grasped the true meaning of Christmas. I think Paul said it in Romans well in those first two verses of the 12th chapter. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Don't conform any longer to the pattern of the world. Don't be like Scrooge. Don't be like others. But be transformed because you're given a second chance. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And so Jesus comes. 
And what better time than tonight to make that fresh renewal? To consider one more time the true impact of Christmas future without hope, without peace, without a transformation in our lives. And to recognize that in our Christmas present, he comes to change our lives, my life, and yours. This can be the Christmas that transforms our lives. It can truly be the Christmas that changes our universe and our eternity. So will you be transformed now? <laughs> will you embrace the one whom we celebrate tonight? Let Jesus be born in you in a fresh way tonight. Let us pray. Lord, as we prepare our hearts for the receiving of the elements that tell us the story, we repent. We're sorry. We recognize that we have Christmas past and we have choices in Christmas present to impact Christmas future. May the story be told about each of us, not just a rendition of a date, but of a life truly transformed by the very grace of the Christ child come to earth and bring you life, second chance to each and every one of us. We pray this in Christ's name.